And one day I seen this girl walking on campus, hijaba, very beautiful. And I'm just like, wow, that's going to be my wife. Maybe that's what saved me. Maybe that's what saved me, to be honest. Because there was nothing else to call me to the masjid. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Ar-Rahman. Al-Quran. Al-Insan. Al-Bayan. Al-Shamsu al-Qamar bi-Husban. Wal-Najmu wal-Shajar yasjudan. وَالسَّمَاءَ رَفَعَهَا وَوَضَعَ الْمِيزَانِ أَلَّا تَتَجَوْ فِي الْمِيزَانِ وَأَقِيمُوا الْوَزْنَ بِالْقِسْتِ وَلَا تُخْسِرُوا الْمِيزَانِ وَالْأَرْضَ وَدَأَهَا لِلنَّنَامِ فِيهَا فَاكِهَةٌ وَالنَّخْلُ ذَاتُ الْأَكْمَامِ وَالْهَبُّ ذُو الْأَسْفِ وَالْرَيْهَانِ فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانِ إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبَتَ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ Assalamu alaikum talai, John Fontaine. Just before we begin the podcast, please make sure you click subscribe and also set your notifications. Please support on the Patreon account. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. La yukallifu allahu nafsan illa us'aha. Laha ma kasabat wa alayha ma ktasabat. رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَاخِذْنَا إِنْ نَسِيْنَا أَوْ أَخْطَأْنَا رَبَّنَا وَلَا تَحْمِلْ عَلَيْنَا إِصْرًا كَمَا حَمَلْتَهُ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِنَا رَبَّنَا وَلَا تُحَمِّلْنَا مَا لَا طَاقَةَ لَنَا بِهِ وَاعْفُ عَنَّا وَاغْفِرْ لَنَا وَارْحَمْنَا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله Welcome to the Young Smokes podcast I'm here with a very special guest Dr. Farad Hassan It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast Likewise, likewise It's a pleasure to be here SubhanAllah, we've spent uh, quite a few days together, we've got to know each other. Yes, yes. And yes. you know, the Prophet said, you know someone when you travel with them, right? That is, that is right, man. That and is right. We've been joking, we've been having a good time. I'm going to miss you, bro, SubhanAllah. I'm going to miss you too, man. I'm going to come back to Turkey. Inshallah. 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 So, you just uh, recited some verses from the Quran. Um, just before we begin, I wanted to just um, reflect on them verses. Um, uh, you said that these verses mean something to you. Yes. So maybe you can enlighten us. Um, I recited the last few ayahs from Surah Al-Baqarah. And those ayahs resonate with me a lot because whenever I'm going through hard times, those ayahs just give me the strength or the, the uh, motivation to know that I'm going to get over this hardship. Because Allah doesn't give us more than we can handle you know definitely yeah. um yeah so i recite them often yeah. if you ever pray with me you probably hear that often often you know how everyone prays yeah. and you hear these repetitive yeah. verses so that's one of the ones that i always and you, you get benefit from that it just yeah. clean, cleans your cleans yourself just your mind yes. your soul yes mashallah yes. so doctor doctor Faraj. student student doctor student doctor <laughs> faraj no. hassan mashallah you know um over the past couple of years, mashallah, you, you've been on TikTok and Instagram and you've become a bit of a sensation on there, mashallah. That's something like. And uh, the, the thing is that you've kind of brought the Quran to the Muslims, mashallah. Mm. You know, people are on TikTok. It's not really a place of ibadah or thinking about, you know, people forget Allah and there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, subhanAllah, people have come to your TikTok and your Instagram and got some benefit. And uh, we'll speak a bit about that later on, but before I want to 
get to know you, to introduce my audience to you. So, where are you from? So, it's complicated. Many questions in the comments, where are you from? People guessing here, there, everywhere. So tell us a bit about yourself. It's a bit complicated. I don't really know where I'm from, because I'm from all over. Um, I grew up in Egypt, but I was born in Newark, New Jersey. So I left Newark, New Jersey when I was six years old. I went to Egypt, lived there for 10 years. A lot happened in Egypt. I came back when I was 16, and I went to high school, and then college. And now I'm here on your podcast, man, talking to you. <laughs> so you, you was telling me that your, your parents are actually converts to Islam. Yes. SubhanAllah. How did they kind of find Islam? I think they found Islam uh, through the whole Elijah Muhammad uh, mm. time, you know, the Malcolm X time. They don't really talk about that much. Mm. Um, but just like a lot of African Americans in America, found Islam, I think they came through the same path. Yeah. Yeah. So your dad kind of had the idea of like Hijra, going to Egypt, yes. Yes. like a better life for, the, for yes. his children. Yes. Then they found the Sunnah, so let me clarify yeah, that yeah. before they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, of course they found the Sunnah and, uh, and then they learned about Hijra and um, we took that trip. So first we went to Sudan hmm. for about a week. It was me, my mother and my father. Just observing the culture, observing, you know, the cities, and it just wasn't what my mother imagined it to be. Hmm. So then we went back to America, and we just packed up everything. I remember running downstairs in the backyard because they would have this yard sale, and they bought all my toys downstairs. The bedroom said everything is in the backyard. People coming, buying my toys, kids looking <laughs> in the box, taking my toys. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> so I would sneak downstairs <laughs> and bring my toys back up upstairs, my Ninja Turtle, my <laughs> my my uh, Power Rangers, all of that Not stuff. Not Barbie, no. Huh? No Barbie, Not bro. Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> so, finally, so, so you didn't realize you was going to Egypt at that time. You, you, you know, your toys have been. I knew stuff. we were going somewhere. But I wasn't really sure mm. what Egypt was or how long we were going to stay there. Mm. Yeah. So how was it as a American growing up in Egypt? Uh, it was, in the beginning, it was rough. I didn't really understand the whole race thing in the beginning. I remember walking in the street, and the kids would be like, Chocolata, chocolate, chocolate boy. Or Sudani, Sudani. Or African, they just name random African countries yeah. and, and call you by, by that, right? Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm from America. But they're like, no, you're not from America. I remember getting in the cabs, and this, this probably happened to everybody. Probably to you too. You ever been to Egypt? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you get in the cab. Where are you going? I'm going to the Mahatta. Okay. So then the, uh, the cab driver looks in the rearview mirror. He's staring at you. And the first thing he says is, Intemnin, where are you from? And I say, uh, here we go again, America. I know what's coming next. No, 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 no. You're not from America. Are you no, really I'm from, from America? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You Sudani. No, I'm from America. So where's your father from? America. Stop joking with me. <laughs> I'm from America. So yeah. we go back and forth until I get to the, my destination, and you know I don't know yeah. if they believe it or not, but. That's just every taxi I got so, in. It was kind of I, like I that, get yeah. in the taxis sometimes and say, where are you from? I say, England. Mm. And they just, they don't like me. So yeah. I have to tell them, look, I'm a Muslim. And they're like, oh, good, good. Especially in Turkey. You know, you tell them you're from England. Mm. You know, they give you the cold shoulder. Man. Really? Yeah. But alhamdulillah. So, subhanAllah, growing up in Egypt, obviously, alhamdulillah, you benefited from learning the language, mm -hmm. learning Quran. And um, tell us a bit about your, your experience there. Uh, in regards to Qur'an, I went to an all-boys school called Jil Muslim in Tanta. Mm. And every grade you had to learn a certain amount of Qur'an. I don't remember how much it was. I think it was maybe a half a juz. A juz would be too much. Um, and when I went home, I had a Qur'an teacher. And then I had, a, I had to go to a dars and learn Qur'an with a, with a bunch of kids as well. It was just Qur'an was always around me. Mm -hmm. um, whenever I went 
in the in the cab or the taxi to to go to the market. Quran was playing. When you go to the market, Quran is playing. My father would just uh, recite Surah Al-Kahf in different surahs throughout the week, and I don't know. I just it was just something that was a part of me. Hmm. You know. I want to dig a bit deeper in because uh, obviously you're like because I'm I'm a convert, right? So mm -hmm. my son. Is basically like how you are now, you know. Wow. So I want to know, like, how was it growing up with, you know, a convert father, you know, and his kind of, you know, how was he as a parent? Because obviously, like, I'm convert, like, I wasn't raised in Islam, so I'm just trying to do my best, you mm -hmm. know. Sometimes I feel maybe I'm, you know, especially with my, my oldest child, I'm different than my youngest child, you mm -hmm. know, I'm constantly trying to learn how to be the best parent, mm -hmm. you know. And ultimately, ultimately, for me, it was, uh, I think I, uh, the UK wasn't the best option for me, mm -hmm. you know, so I've tried living in different places. So how was it for you, especially with two convert parents? I think when I look at it as, you know, as an adult, I see, I see that my father was just, he was excited, very excited about Islam. You know, and he wanted to learn everything, and everything that he learned, that's what he implemented on his on his household to be the best example. Right. Um, later on, he told me, everything that is halal doesn't mean that you have to do it. You know, you have to use wisdom behind these things. I felt like we felt, you know, that my father must have been a little strict, or stern in certain ways and it kind of it kind of made it feel like uh, how, how do I put this it kind of made it feel like it was like an, uh, I was dealing with an enforcer instead of like mm -hmm. a, a, a a dad like mm -hmm. I feared my dad for a long time you know I was afraid to talk to him because it was just like did you learn Quran did you pray what message did you pray at, you know? <laughs> and um, later on, he told us, he was like, yo, like, I really wish that, um, you know, I just was there for you guys more. You know, mm. I was more loving, more caring, you know, mm. so. Yeah, it's difficult, yeah. trying to get that balance, especially if you're not raised in an Islamic household, mm -hmm. you don't really have that Islamic culture as well. Mm -hmm. So you you just have literally, you have the Quran and the Sunnah, mm -hmm. but not like the wisdom, how it's implemented. Mm -hmm. you know, where it, someone the is, why. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So a lot of things was just, just do it. Mm. Of course, you're my dad, but sometimes a why helps, you yeah. know, because if you don't get a why, sometimes the kid will go and find out by herself, and then it might hurt them, or it might take them too far away, mm. and they'll never come back. Alhamdulillah, you know, that wasn't the case for me. So, seven, you said you were 17, you came, or 16, 17, you came back to the States. How mm. was that? Was that a culture shock? Yeah. It's very different. It was, it was crazy, man. Um, I remember getting off the plane, and just as we ride into the house, I'm looking at the trees. You know, in Egypt, you got the palm trees, and they're just dry. And then in America, you got grass everywhere, you got these green, green trees, and I'm just like, wow. The highways are clean, the cars look different. Um, and then I go to my grandfather's house and all my cousins are there. And um, they welcome me. They're watching this movie called Friday After Next. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Mm. So I walk in the room and they just all bundled up and just laughing. I'm just, I don't even get the humor. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I watch it later and I get the humor of the movie. But um, then I went to this, Alternative high school. I was 16 at the time, so I had to like the alternative high school was two years. Instead of going to a regular high school, I would probably would have graduated at 20. But I went to graduate at 18. So this high school was uh, had students that were either kicked out of school or in some type of violence or something, and it gave them another chance. Mm -hmm. So imagine me. I'm coming from Egypt, you know, just. You know how Egyptians are, very polite, you know, just funny. And 
So going to a school that everybody's just frowning and just hard and just, you know, you hear the profanity and you hear how, um, you know, women are treated and it's, it was just weird. Yeah. Just how they dealt with everything. SubhanAllah. And there were probably maybe about four Muslims in the school. So I hung out with them for most of, for the most part. Um, I was very tall, I'm 6'5". So I didn't know how to play basketball. But I knew I was coming to America, so I was practicing before I got there, <laughs> thinking I was going to make it to the NBA or something. <laughs> so I go on the court thinking, you know, I could do a little something with what I was practicing with in Egypt, and these guys are just nice, man. So they're like, oh, man, you trash, man, get off the court. So now I never dealt with things like that. I'm like, man, these guys, here we go. I felt that feeling that I felt when I first went to Egypt, like I wasn't accepted, like I was mm. different. I felt like, oh, you whack was like, you Sudani. It felt the same thing all over again. So they're treating you like a foreigner. It, it felt like kind that, you know? But um, I learned later that it was just like, that was just a trash talk of the game. Mm. Um, they mocked me for how I dressed. I wasn't cool, I didn't wear my hat backwards. But I figured it all out later, you know? Um, yeah, so that was the culture shock coming back, man. Culture shock going to Egypt, culture shock coming back. Yeah. Always standing out because I was different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So over there I'm standing out because I'm a black American. Yeah. And here I'm standing out because I'm a weird, I Fresh guess. from Egypt. Yeah, fresh from Egypt. Fresh off the boat. <laughs> so so you, you, you've um, gone into the field of dentistry. How did that come about? So after high school, uh, I enrolled into this uh, county college, two-year mm. two college, right? Mm. You get your associate degree. I'm studying, studying, and I had this, um, this gap that I was missing, and it made me struggle with school a lot. I dropped out of school in the seventh grade in Egypt because I didn't pass some class. I could forget what class it was, but I didn't pass, and I was too embarrassed to go back <laughs> because I didn't want my peers to be like, oh, you're still down there and we're up here. I'm sure they probably wouldn't have done that, but I just, you know, felt that way. So my mother homeschooled me for about a year, and then she went to America to, like, set up the, the, the environment for me so when, I'm, when I come, it, it'd be, you know, everything would be set, right? I graduate high school. I go to the two-year college, and I'm taking everything at a uh, remedial level, math, science, everything. And I'm, getting, I'm failing. It's just not, I'm just not up to par. I'm not, my academics are not strong enough to like pass. Hmm. So I'm just like, man, this is not it, man. Let me go get a job. So I go get a job at a hotel and I'm just like, all right, this is it. Maybe I can work my way up in corporate and, and secure the bag that way, right? Hmm. So one day, I got fired, and I didn't like the feeling of it, bro. I didn't like the feeling of being canceled. Hmm. You know, what if I had a family at that time? What am I going to tell my family? Uh, we, we're not getting a check in a week, so I don't know what we're going to do. I got to still search. Yeah, that's not, that's not good. So I told myself, let me go back to school. I don't know exactly what I want to be, but it's going to have to be something where I can be a boss. Hmm. Went back to uh, Union County and just study hard to get enough credit so I can transfer to a four-year college. I could transfer, right? Um, at that time, I was like dealing with a lot of issues because I was, I was really overwhelmed and sad that I lost my job. I felt like I was becoming a man and then I had to go back and rely on my mom. So I resulted to like uh, poetry. I started just writing things down, expressing myself. And then one day I put on a beat <laughs> and I just started doing the poetry over the beat and I was like, dude, this is dope, <laughs> right? And I just started writing and writing and writing. And then I started letting people hear it, but they didn't really like it because it still wasn't up to par with the, you know, how they was rapping in America at the time. So. Do you wait to be a rapper? No, 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 I was trying, I guess I was trying I didn't know I wanted to be a rapper at that point. But then I was like, all right, they're not liking this. So let me 
try to incorporate Arabic into it and try to make it a little different. So I wrote some verses and let some Egyptians hear it. Then it, Egyptians in Egypt hear it. I think rap wasn't really on the scene at that time. It was just, it was brand new and people was like, nah, this is, this is not it. So I was upset about that. I'm like, bro, like I can't, I don't know what to do. So I just was like, you know what, I'm going to let music go and I'm going to focus on my studies. Started studying. Then I ran into some Egyptians at the four-year college and I let them hear something old that I have written in Arabic. And it was like, yo, this is fire. You should make a new song. So I, I went home. I went on YouTube and found some beat and I played it. And I wrote the song about my life in Egypt. Fire, bro. <laughs> so it's fire. <laughs> And I brought it back to the college and I let him hear it. He was like, bro, this is it. So then I was gassed and I just started writing and making more music. Mm. Then one day... Um, You've got I, something for us today. Yeah. Uh, I mean, since it's poetry, because there's no beat in the background. Basically, this song went like... Ana fakir, wallahi fakir. That's a little... Mm. Little rhyme, you know. So um, I was performing at shows, shows at different universities and uh, clubs and what have you. And one day I seen this girl walking on campus, hijaba, very beautiful, and I'm just like, wow, that's gonna be my wife, just like that. I just it's like I looked at her and I knew, and. Every time I would see her, she was on the phone. So I couldn't really say anything. It would be rude for me to stop her. About the fifth or sixth time, I'm just like, you know what? I just, just got just to gotta go for it. So I said, uh, Salaam Alaikum. At the time, I was the PR of the MSA club for my college. That's the Muslim mm -hmm. Association Club. So I said, uh, Salaam Alaikum. Um, we're having a meeting at the MSA. Would you like to join? So she hung up the phone and said, sure. I was with a bunch of uh, the board members as well. So we just all walked together, went to the MSA. It was time for Maghrib. So I led Salah. And um, <laughs> it was weird because I, it was like I put on my best uh, uh, Salah performance ever. <laughs> <laughs> I put on my, it, it's yeah. your audition, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I recited, I forgot what I recited, but I recited. And yeah. after Salah, she asked me, she said, do you know who my father is? And I said, no. So she gave me his name. And it was like deer in the headlights. I was like, what? What happened was two years, two years uh, prior to that, her father called my father, because they were friends, and asked me if I was ready to get married. And I said, nah, I, you know, I'm not really interested at the time. I was doing what I was doing, right? So when she told me that, I was just like, wow, this is crazy. Like, it's crazy how things work. So I went and told my father, and who called her father, and then her father said he went to see me. So I dressed up, put my best suit on, and went to the Masjid Fa'id. That's when I seen him for the first time. And he was like, you asked about my daughter? <laughs> I said, yes, sir, I want to marry her. He said, okay, we're going to set up a meeting, right? Okay. So about like two months later, we, we got that meeting, sat down with uh, my in-laws, who are now my in-laws. <laughs> and uh, basically, what I got from the sit-down was I still have to get my, 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 myself together. So, I just studied hard. I just felt like I had to, this probably was my motivation to just be the best that I can be. Um, I left New Jersey. I don't know if I mentioned that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so these colleges, all this life story in America was in New Jersey. So now, I left New Jersey and I went to Minnesota. There was a, a college out there, like in the middle of nowhere, called the University of Minnesota Morris. Went out there and um, it was kind of like Mount Hera for me. 
Mm. Like, you know, when the Prophet used to just go away from everything and just meditate, that's what Minnesota felt like for me. I was alone, I didn't know nobody, I didn't have to act a certain way. I wanted to get away from the music, I wanted to get away from everything that I knew to see who I am and what I wanted to be. So while I was there, they had a um, dental club, right? I joined a dental club and they had um, some applications that came out to get us um, a, uh, what you call it, like a five week program in the city of Minneapolis mm. to like experience what, it's, what it would be like to be a dental student. So I filled out the application, alhamdulillah, I got accepted. And I went out there and I was like, man, dentistry is it. Because with dentistry, I realized you can actually help people. You know, there's a disparity in dentistry. There's people that need help that don't have access to oral health care. And I love helping people. I love giving back. So this was ideal for me. Mm. You know, while we could be your own boss as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And while we were there, we were um, we went to the Somali clinics, the Hispanic clinics, and like a lot of the um, the the markets over there or the the um, the community in Minneapolis were like immigrants that just had came. So they had like, uh, they didn't have the best oral hygiene. Like they didn't know how to floss or know how to br brush properly. So they had a lot of teeth decay and things like that. So we were screening them just to get statistics to know how to go out and help these people. Hmm. So once the program was over, I went back to New Jersey and uh, gave him my all and I graduated, alhamdulillah. And, um, studied for something called the dental admissions test. And I took the dental admissions test twice. Um, the first time, the score wasn't, it was below average, below the national average. The second time, again, it was below the national average. But I said, you know what? I'm gonna tawakkal Allah and use the second score and just apply to five schools. I applied, applied to five schools. Only one called me for an interview and the only one accepted me, alhamdulillah. So that's how I got into dental school. It's fun, yeah. And now I'm a second year dental student. Um, and you're happily married. And I'm on well. spring break right now <laughs> on your podcast. Man. <laughs> <laughs> mashallah. May Allah bless you and your marriage. And uh, I mean, mashallah, it's, it's great, man. And now, now we're here in uh, Gambia. Mm -hmm. You know, this is your second time to Gambia. I Spot think. Academy, man. Spot Academy mm -hmm. with Abu Bakr. Yes. And um, you know, you've you've been supporting the the, the charity out here. Yes. Um, you know, because you, you got your TikTok, you know, you started doing your TikTok. So tell us about how you got into social media and why, you okay. know, what was what was behind that? Okay, so I had my own personal Instagram. And every once in a while, I like to, I mean, whether it was social media or not, I'll just pick up the Quran and read. But sometimes I felt like maybe reading on a camera might inspire somebody. So I would pull out the camera and just... Read, you know, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. But I wouldn't have the camera on my face. I would have the camera on the Quran, on the ayat, right? Just, just recording the ayat. Just maybe two, three stories. Then one day, TikTok came about. I heard about TikTok. I went on there. I'm scrolling. It's just like people dancing and and just weird stuff, right? But I didn't see anything Islamic. So I was like, you know what? Let me create a Quran challenge. Who knows? It might. It might go well. So I got on there and I recited the first ayah on the second page of Surah Al-Mulk. Um, put the camera up. وَأَسِرُّوا قَوْلَكُمْ أَوْجَهَرُوا بِهِ إِنَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ الصُّدُورِ And what I put was uh, duet this or continue the ayah. Hmm. And what I intended for that ayah to do was to was for people to continue it all the way until it came back around mm. to the beginning of the surah all over again, and we completed mm. the surah and mulka together. Mm. It did it, but it got a fair amount of views, and people shared it. And I was like, wow, this is cool. Let me do another video. I forget what the second one was, the third one, the fourth one. Then I did surah al-Rahman, the first few ayahs, and on TikTok, you can do something called a duet, where you can, or a um, duet or a stitch, mm. where you can take someone's voice and lip sync it, and it looks like it's you. 
Um, someone took my voice and lip synced it and got so many views. And I felt some type of way about that, man. I was just like, wow. He's more views than you. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> and he didn't tag me or, or mention me or anything. <clears throat> so, somehow, like, kind of got to me. It, like, now when people do it, it doesn't. Because that's actually what my um, platform is about, you know, people um, uh, taking taking the voice and making or reciting along, recite with me. That's the that's the hashtag, recite with me. So I'm just like I, I met, people kept atting me, and the commenting and yo, Dr. Faraj, somebody took your voice, so it's getting annoying. So I messaged him myself and I said, bro, you didn't tag me, like. <laughs> I forgot what he said. So it was uh, it was about maybe a month where I was trying to compete with him, with my own <laughs> voice, trying to get more views than he. Yeah. It was weird. It was like I'm competing with Farage, the... <laughs> the lip sync. <laughs> the lip sync. Right? And people, maybe people thought you were lip syncing him. Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. at the time, because he had more views, so it would yeah. make sense, right? Um, and then when I finally uh, had more views, more followers than him, I kind of relaxed and just started doing my own thing again, just doing what I like and how I like yeah. to do it. Social um, media is it, it, it's difficult, especially when you're doing Islamic stuff, because yeah. how do you get that, you know, balance of yeah. not showing off or yeah. not getting upset about these things? Exactly. And is I didn't, technically, I didn't want to um, recite online because I felt like it might be showing off. Mm. Like, I don't know how you say it, mm. in, in English, but it's like, it's like you're um, unaware of you showing off. It's mm. weird, it's like, am I reciting to, to help someone? Am I reciting for the mm. reward? Am I reciting just to get views? Am I reciting to get more followers? Mm. Why am I posting this video right now? Mm. You know? It's weird, and sometimes, yeah. You just want to leave it all alone. But then if you don't share it, that's bad too. Yeah. So may Allah, um, you know, accept it from us. Yeah. You know, overall, I know that why am I, why am I, why I'm doing it? Mm. I'm doing it to keep people interacting with the Quran. Ultimately, it's, Ultimately. I mean, it's going to, yeah. it's going to hit everyone as well. Yeah. I remember a story by a famous scholar. He was, he was on the minbar and he was reciting the Qur'an and he stopped because uh -huh. he started to like his voice, he started to, yeah. you know, kind of enjoy and, yeah. and, you know, that fear of showing off. Uh -huh. But at the same time, we should still just do it, yeah. you know, put it out there, don't let Shaitan stop uh -huh. you doing it. Because, you, you know, as you post in one video or the, on the next video, the purpose might not be what it's supposed to be. But overall, you know that the purpose is for one thing, yeah. you know, it's like, let me post this right now, mm. this will help my page to keep growing. Mm. But you, you're doing it for a good purpose, but you want your page to grow too. Yeah. So overall, you overall you just want to do it to make sure that it reaches people, yeah. and inspires people. It's good. It reminds it, people. Uh, what I like mm. about it, you've got people from all over the world, because you've got the famous recite with me. Yeah, you know, yeah. You put your, so you usually do like one verse. Mm-hmm. And then they can do one verse, and mm -hmm. it's kind of like yeah. very interactive. Yes, you know, and the children as well from all around the world, adults. I mean, you even had Mufti Menk on your on yeah, your channel, man. I, <laughs> that right there was just crazy, man. Yeah. I didn't expect that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Subhanallah, recite with me. Yeah. Subhanallah, it's, it's, it's good, you know, mm. to see. And now you're using that platform. You know, you, you came last year to Gambia. How was your time coming to Gambia? visiting the Muslims in Gambia and why, what made you think you're going to use this platform to try to do some benefit, do some good? Um, I thought I was just going to recite and recite and recite. I didn't know that it was going to grow like that at all. I didn't think I would ever be here in Gambia doing charity work. I didn't even know that was a thing, you know, but as I met new people, you see that people were doing either charity work, tarawihs, um, Especially like Quran reciters, that's like the main things that they do. Sarawih, recitation, mm -hmm. and, uh, and charity work. So 
One day, I think Abu Bakr reached out to me. No, 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 no. So a brother, I recommended uh, me to Abu Bakr. So Abu Bakr reached out to me. And then um, we decided to make something happen where I can come out to the Gambia. So I came out here, man, and it was just like, wow. It's kind of like Egypt, but everybody's black, you know? Um, like the villages, when I go to the villages and see the donkeys and stuff, it's kind of like, I've seen that before. Yeah, yeah. But it's just the, 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 the... Demographic is like... Not the demographic, the, uh, the race is different. Yeah. Yeah. So just going back a bit, mm -hmm. um, when did you kind of, I don't want to say start practicing, but when did you kind of, because everyone has to kind of have that moment mm -hmm. where they kind of, they do Islam for themselves. You know, when did my iman fluctuate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, the iman is always going up and down. But when I came back, um, I just, I think as soon as I left Egypt, kind of, hmm. it was kind of like I was reserved for a minute in high school. And then I just started to adapt to, the, to, the, to my surroundings. I started listening to to something at the time it was called G-Unit. You heard of G-Unit? 50 Cent. Yeah. I was a big 50 Cent fan, you know? Yeah. Um, just my demeanor, my that happiness kind of went away. Yeah. That smile. Everybody knows me for my smile, yeah. but I just will frown all the time. You know, you, have you said when you came to the States, everyone's frowning. Everybody's frowning. And I'm not saying everybody in America's frowning, yeah, yeah, but, but like where I was, it was just atmosphere. like, you had to be hard or somebody come and test you. Yeah. You know, not saying that so smiling. Being happy was like a yeah, yeah, not saying that happiness means you don't, you're not hard, but yeah. it was just like, don't, don't talk to me, bro. Mm. You know, um, so I, I hardened up a lot. And then when I got to college, it was just like a, a relief. He just like breathed and just started to smile again, you know. Yeah. He was able to be yourself. But in the hood, you know, you gotta survive of the fittest, you know. <laughs> G unit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, uh, so now, you know, you, you, you've got your own family now, you know, you're, you're married. How, how do you see yourself kind of raising a family, you know, you know, you you raised in a convert household, but yeah. you were born, you know, as a Muslim, raised as a Muslim. Um, what what do you see? Uh, how how do you? Because you you've kind of seen converts trying to do their best to raise children. How how would you do it differently, or what what do you think? What are your plans for the future for you and your family? I may not know how a family is supposed to be structured because. My family was just all over the place, man. Um, so I learned a lot from my wife because her parents were together for so many years, maybe 20 plus years. So I noticed sometimes I might be like less patient or kind of want to run away from my problems. But then she teaches me a lot. You know, she, she teaches me about communication. You got to talk about your feelings. I tend to hold a lot of things inside. So I learned a lot about just like a relationship from, from my wife. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that'd be a good question to probably ask her what she learns from me. Mm. But I do learn a lot from her. You know? And she, she comes from like a, uh, like a household which were kind of born into Islam or? No, 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 no. So her mother was born into Islam. Mm. Her father was like my father. Yeah. Same, same yeah. Uh, neighborhood, same everything. So she has that side of the family with the culture of Islam. And yes. That, that's a big difference, yes. right? Yes. It really helps. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like my wife was ideal for me because even though she wasn't raised in an Arab country, she had the Arab tendencies because her mother was is Arab. Mm. And then her father is African-American, so she had that culture, too. Mm. So we're able to relate on both sides, which mm. make us connect more. So mm -hmm. I can speak to her in Arabic, and I can say it in English. Mm. You know, it, it's just, it's weird, man. We can That's eat some true. fried chicken, and we can eat some uh, Miss Inman. 
<laughs> you know? So you also have another channel on uh, Instagram. Oh, I didn't finish answering that question. Which one? We just answered one, one aspect of it. The other aspect, um, you asked about how I see myself raising my family. So I said how I learn things. But it's really, I think, I think, uh, how do I say this? You kind of, it's like you want to perfect your childhood. You want the same childhood for your children, but you want to perfect it. That's how I feel like I want to raise my children. So I do want to raise them abroad. Egypt would be nice. The, the, the funny thing is, because I've been with you a few days, it's like the things that you kind of, I won't say complain about, but were kind of the things that really made you, you know, like going to Egypt, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, that difficulty of, you know, being a foreigner in, mm -hmm. in a foreign land. Uh, and then also going back to the States mm -hmm. and being a foreigner, <laughs> being treated like a foreigner. Yeah. But you kind of had uh, an insight into both worlds mm -hmm. and it made you who you are, yes. you know. You know, having that kind of structure of the, the uh, Quran from early on, mm -hmm. it's it's invaluable. I mean, it's, it's just, you can't put a price on that, you know, solidifying your Arabic from a young age, your mm -hmm. Quran, subhanAllah, you yeah. know. It, but at the time, you, you, you don't realize what you're Yeah, you don't you know, appreciate it. But your father knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> he knew yeah, what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it must have been tough. And I, like. I think my father didn't know what he was doing as well. So he knew what he was doing, but he didn't know what he was doing. Mm. Because my father didn't have a father. Mm. So he was the best father that he could be. Yeah. He put a roof over our head. He gave us clothes. He That's gave true. us allowance. You know, he protected us. He was my Superman. I remember. One time I was in school, first grade, and I'm fighting these kids, and I'm scared. I'm scared, I'm just like, nobody looks like me. I'm new here, everybody's gonna jump me. So I'm just letting these kids beat me up. I'm bigger than them and everything, but they just tear me up. So my father comes, and he's looking at this, and he's furious. So all I hear is, get him! And it was like, you ever see the Lion King? When Mufasa goes to the hyena area, <laughs> And the hyenas think that they're about to eat Simba and his and the Nala. And then uh, uh, Mufasa goes, Raw. and then Simba is just like, you know, he gets <laughs> he gets that strength, you know. Um, that's how I felt. Ever since then, I've just been, you know, may Allah forgive me, but just <laughs> I became a bully after that, you know, because I felt like somebody yeah. had my back. Um, but he was the best father that I can ask for. You know, I wouldn't switch anything. But I think my dad was learning how to be a dad. Mm. So no one took him out. No one went to his ball games. Mm. No one showed him how to do this. No, no one talked to him or, or, or uh, showed him love like, you know, come here, son. You know, he didn't have that. So he was just like, I think this is how you be a dad. Mm. Protect my kids, give them what they need. And that's it. Mm. You, you know, know, that's kind of how I feel sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I, I did have a dad, but not a Muslim dad, you know. So it's, it's like, and I don't, I'm not, I don't have like, uh, like a community, you know, because mm -hmm. most of the, the communities in the UK, like Pakistani communities, you know, you don't really fit in, you mm -hmm. know, as a, as, you know, as a, into the community, you know, especially children as well, you know, mm -hmm. they're treated differently you know, if they're not from that particular background. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're kind of looking for a place to fit in, uh -huh. you know? And uh, so, yeah, I can relate to that as well. Okay. Maybe I can interview your dad sometime, man. <laughs> that'd be nice, man. We take <laughs> the be, cameras to Skandaria. Yeah. 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 I think that would be a great interview. Yeah. And this is how I got attached with the Quran again. Because for a period of time, I was just in high school, just my headphones in, I'm just bumping to music. I'm downtown selling music CDs with my grandmother trying to make some money. Um, and then one day, I got a job at a pizza shop. And I quit after a while because I was a cashier, but then sometimes they want me to go, back, go in the back and, and cut the pepperoni pizza. And I'm like, I don't want to be dealing with khanzir, like with, with pork. 
So I quit, right? And then a brother brought me to a masjid called Dar es Salaam in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And I met the Imam, Imam Ali Jabra. I love that Imam. Um, and he told me, you know, would you like to teach here? And gave me a group of kids. And I just taught um, about six, seven kids, just Amma. And they're now in a, like 21, 22. So I'm always proud of them. Like, it's like, wow, these grown, these grown men, I taught them Quran. One of, one of them is in Saudi right now studying to be a sheikh, I think. So um, going to teach these children every day kept my Quran fresh. I think if it wasn't for that, I'd probably just, maybe that's what saved me. Maybe that's what saved me, to be honest. Because there was nothing else to call me to the masjid. And I remember going to the masjid with my little brothers, and I would just be sitting around greeting everybody after the, after the salah. Talking to everybody, just wanting to stay at the masjid. And they're pulling, come on, Faraj, let's go. Let's go, I want to get up out of here. Because they didn't have something to make them feel like they were a part of the masjid, too. I did. Mm. That's, that's a good question. I never thought about, I thought about it that way. So I think uh, actually teaching Quran was a way to hold on to my, mm. my, my, my iman. You know, so, I, it probably would have went lower. So it's like it was a job. It was a job. It was, a job, it was definitely a job. So it was like a reason to pull you in, but because you was in that environment, yeah, kind of rubbed off on you. Yes, and yeah. I still teach Quran to this day. Sure. So it's like I got to stay sharp to be a teacher. You know, mm. you gotta you gotta be a good example to be a teacher. Even with this platform, these social media platforms, that keeps my iman high too. You know, I can't I can't be out here reciting and at the club or reciting and drinking yeah. or reciting and smoke like it just doesn't yeah. it's it's it'll, i'll be a monafic right subhanallah so that's how it was the platform yeah, came, yeah the platform definitely keeps me yeah keeps me steady yeah when i first yeah. came to islam you know you kind of you're still doing things which you're not supposed to do mm -hmm. but then you get to a level of iman yeah. and you get known in the mosque and the people start recognizing you and you realize oh I can't walk down that street and do that thing anymore, <laughs> you know. And, and alhamdulillah, it's like a community pressure. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's... And shaitan be on you, boy. <laughs> Your air be hot. But, you know, you stay strong, man. Yeah. Stay strong. Surround yourself with good people, yeah. like yourself and Abu Bakr and Abu Hafsa. And, you know, I just try to surround myself with good people, you know. I even have Christian friends, man, that are... Like Faraj, uh, it's time to pray, or Faraj, uh, or Faraj, if I go out, they'll defend me. He don't eat pork. Hmm. We're not going to drink right now because Faraj doesn't do that. Are you going to like non-Muslims tuning into your TikToks? Yeah, they follow me. I had, a, I had a few uh, of my classmates ask me about Islam. Hmm. Thing, the thing like I was telling you earlier, man, I don't know how to give dawah. And I always envy people that know how. Because it's like, what exactly do you say? You know, you believe in Allah so much. You believe in everything about Islam so much. And it's like, you, when you give da'wah, I feel like you want to come off soft. But I feel like I can't come off like that. I feel like, that's it, bro. <laughs> you know, there's nothing to discuss. There's nothing to debate. This is what it is. And I feel like when you... If I approach someone that way, it's just gonna, I'm gonna get, they're gonna take it the wrong way or just won't want to talk to me. So it really bothers me sometimes. Maybe I need to read a book or maybe you can teach me yeah, some, some tips. Yeah. Um, the thing is, the Quran is dawah. You know, what you're doing is dawah. But they don't understand it, so I'm reciting it online. No, trust me, it's nothing about that. You know, it's like, it's like I uh, found Islam here in the Adhan. I didn't know what the Adhan means. My father it was the same way. You know, so many people find it, and it's not because they found Islam with the Adhan. It's because Allah guided them, and then they tried to find something to say, oh, this is why I became a Muslim. No, the reason you became a Muslim because Allah opened your heart. I feel responsible. So I feel responsible. Yeah. I had two classmates come to me. I had about four people come to me, uh, two classmates and two of the med students. They came to me and said, Faraj, I want to pray with you. Uh, my father's Muslim, but my mother isn't. Mm. Well, I want to marry this Muslim girl, and I want to learn about Islam. Mm. Well, some people just had no reason at all. They're just like, bro, this is so cool what you do, man. I want to learn more about, about it. Tell me more about it. 
and I just don't know what to tell them to make. I feel like I'm supposed to actually convert them. No, there's there's nothing. Or revert yeah. them. You know, yeah, convert, revert. Same. You know, I don't. I think that, you know. But the point is, is you being a good Muslim is the first step. You know, teaching them. But just try to invite them. You know, it, the dawah is the invitation. You know, giving them enough knowledge to know who Allah is. Mm -hmm. You know, that He deserves to be worshipped. Who the Prophet sallallahu is. And 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 it's the invitation. It's literally. Would you like to become a Muslim? Are you interested in Islam? Mm -hmm. And and you know, people are crying out to be asked. Like seriously. I mean I've had so many people convert to Islam and they've they've wanted to be Muslim for years. I was fasting uh, Ramadan before I became took Shahada. Mm -hmm. Of course it would have been accepted if I died. Mm -hmm. But you know, I didn't even know what the Shahada was. Mm -hmm. Until, you know, I, I asked a, an Egyptian brother to teach me how to pray. And he said, no, because you're not a Muslim. So I had to convince him I'm a Muslim. I said, well, I fasted Ramadan, I believe. He said, no, you have oh, to... Oh, so you really thought you was a Muslim? I, well, I didn't know what you have to do to be a Muslim. I knew I believed in Islam. You know, I, I, I'd started to try to pray. Mm -hmm. I'd, 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 uh, I was still doing things I wasn't supposed to be doing, but I, I fasted Ramadan. And he said, you're not a Muslim, you have to say Shahada. I said, what is a Shahada? Mm -hmm. So he told me and I said it. Maybe I need to clarify that. Yeah, just, sit, tell, just tell people, you know, this is what we believe. You know, you're not, by telling someone what you believe, it's not necessarily that you're trying to convert them, you're trying to educate them. Mm -hmm. You know, you present the message to them. This is what we believe, we need one God. You know, we can't imagine this God. It's not like the Christian God of Jesus being God, etc. You know, because of the in the West, this is the concept they have of God. We can't imagine God. Mm -hmm. You know, tell them who the Prophet Sallallahu is. Sure. This is what we do. We pray five times a day. We fast Ramadan. And, you know, everyone can be a Muslim. It's there for everyone. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just, you, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised, you know, you get on your TikTok and say things to this nature. You will see people come to Islam. I was thinking about doing a TikTok like that, actually. Yeah, I'm serious. Do you know what it takes to be Muslim? Anyone, you got to believe in yada, be yada, yada, and you say la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, and you're Muslim. I'm telling you, bro, you, you'll be surprised. I mean, I've got videos online, you know, at, at, you know, just on the street, random people, you meet them. They've got their stories. I've got these two videos I've got online from years ago. Uh -huh. I went to Chicago with Brother Eddie from the Dean Show, and uh -huh. we just pulled up on the street. I spoke to two people, and both of them accepted Islam. One of them, she'd been looking into Islam for years, but no one asked her. Another one, she's married to a Muslim, but even her own husband had not even asked her. And she says, I've always wanted to be a Muslim. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. You know, these people are thirsty, mm. you know, and, um, and it's as simple as that, you know, just literally telling them what we've got and inviting them and saying, look, this is, this is for you. If you want it, it's there. Okay. And uh, you, you, bro, you, I'm telling you, if you do something like that on your TikTok, you're gonna see. I'm gonna call you, John. I'm, I'm telling you, I'll, I'm I'll come you, in bro. your. Uh, what is it? You, <laughs> you can come on as a. Alive or something. Alive. I'll just come on and we'll speak about it, and, okay. and you'll see people. Inshallah, if Allah wants to guide people, we just create the the the, the space mm. for Allah to guide people. You know. But yeah, it's. Uh, you know, you, you say people like, you know, people who do dawah like myself, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's not that, there's no magic words. It's Allah who guides them. Right. You know, and it's interactions with other Muslims, having, being with a good Muslim at work, a good colleague, meeting someone like yourself. These are all uh, steps for people to finally, you know, come to the truth. Yeah, Allah yeah, says, Ed'a'u ila rabbika bil hikmah. Yeah. So you got to use wisdom, and sometimes it's just like, I feel like wisdom is like, you know, you hear that the, the old men when they say a certain word or a certain phrase, and you're just like, wow. Mm. And but sometimes I feel like I don't have that. Wisdom. You know, like when you yeah. write a caption for like a, a post, you yeah. want it to be witty. Yeah. 
But wisdom is saying the right thing yeah. at the right time, at the right place, at the right person. Mm -hmm. You were saying like, you just like straight up, just call all our head. You know, it's like, you know, that's how it is. Mm -hmm. It is straight up, mm -hmm. you know, because deep down people do believe. Pe people are born uh, with, with the belief in, the correct belief in God, you mm -hmm. know. And, um, yeah, man. I should have bought my shares because that sun is glaring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like this on your podcast. <laughs> no, I've, I've kind of situated the cameras in the wrong place. I wasn't. Oh, man. Can we like turn a little bit, no. maybe? No, no. We'll, we'll, okay. So, yeah, we just spun it around. The sun was getting a bit bright. Yeah. But, yeah, it's. Um, that's it, bro. With the dawah. Mm -hmm. Got to invite people. Imagine your parents didn't come to Islam. Yeah. Imagine you were just My father body. said he was walking past the masjid and he heard that then and he was like, wow, what's that? You know, imagine someone that just listens to hip hop and R&B. Well, probably hip -hop. I don't know if hip hop was uh, yeah. around back then, but like singing or music back you, then. You, you, you Luther know. Vandross or whatever, right? It's true. No, you know. And then he hears that then and he's like, wow, this is beautiful. Yeah. You know about music, yeah. right? Yeah. When, you, when you listen to the Quran, in all its different recitations, uh -huh. you know this is something special. You know, it the, is, the way, not just know, the words, it's not, not just even, the sound. It's a lot with Quran because you can recite in so many different ways, and when that emotion hits you, that emphasis that you put on certain, certain uh, uh, kalimats, yeah. you know, it's amazing. Mm. It's like you're delivering a message yeah. to yourself. Mm. Allah says, do this. And when mm. you recite it, you put that emphasis with the tajweed and you feel it. You know, I feel like even people that don't understand it feel it. Yeah. It's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. yeah. It, it, literally, it just opens the heart. Mm -hmm. You know, the way I, I see it, you know, it just, people just need to be invited, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, I mean, just imagine your life without Islam, bro. Mm -hmm. If your parents didn't accept Islam, mm -hmm. Man, I don't know what it's I would just, be, man. It's crazy, isn't it? Just I don't, like, if my parents never accepted Islam and I was born and I was in America, would I have became Muslim? You know, mm -hmm. if someone came to me, would I have, like, okay, I'll be a Muslim. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Because my faith is is very strong. It's like, I don't see myself being anything like, like Bilal Ahad and Ahad, like <laughs> until I die, you yeah. know. So, would I have been the same way for any other religion? Mm. You know. And you're very confident in your yeah. Islam. Can't nobody tell me anything, bro. Like it's yeah. a wrap. Yeah. Mashallah. It just bounces off. How is it? Like a lot of a lot of people in the West, America, the UK. They're not as confident with their Islam. Do you think Egypt, being in a Muslim country, helped you in them early years, kind of getting that identity? I'm, I'm sure it has. Oh. But the Quran, because I got to a, a point in my life where I questioned everything, because everything was just like, all right, my father told me to do this, do this, do this, do this. Let me think about it for myself now. Does this actually make sense? Hmm. Hmm. It does. Mm. It does make sense. So let me continue this. And I think it's all right to, to ponder, you know? So, um, yeah, just like you pondered. You pondered about your whatever religion you were before you became Muslim. Mm. And you became Muslim. I pondered and stayed Muslim, <laughs> you know? So, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. SubhanAllah. May Allah accept it from us and... Yeah, uh, I mean. Amen. Mela, guide three people through your TikTok. Amen. And I get messages, brother, um, I want to get closer to Islam. Brother, how do you be a strong Muslim in, in America? Brother, I do the, this, this sin and this sin and this sin. Make dua for me, help me become a better Muslim. That's a, that's a start, actually, that you um, recognize or are aware of a problem. That's where strength comes in at. Because you can change that situation. A lot of people are just lost. They just do things. And they just like... And, right, and keeping it. Muslims Muslim is dawah. 
you know, yeah. you're talking about converting non-Muslims, but at the same time, you know, keeping a Muslim mm -hmm. on the deen, mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's as valuable as a new Muslim, you know. Some of these people can go astray. Mm. You know, people don't realize, you know, people talk about pork, alcohol, these type of things. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of Muslims, even with low iman, they won't do these things. Mm -hmm. People don't know the, the importance of the Salah. You know, that, that having the Salah on mm -hmm. time, that people who abandon Salah, you know, this, this is like, this, take, this can take you outside of Islam. Yeah, because you know? praying really keeps you away from doing crazy things, yeah. man. And like, that, there's no way you, you have enough time to mm -hmm. do certain things if you got to pray also, and then Maghrib, yeah. like, you don't have time. You got to go and make wudu again. Mm -hmm. You got to go and make tayyam or whatever you, you got. Have you got a, a brand deal with Coke? Uh, no, bro. So being with you for the past couple of days, um, we got speaking about stress mm -hmm. and um, managing stress. Mm -hmm. and because you said that during a period of especially your studies, mm -hmm. You, you know, you, you kind of woke up to yeah. knowing why you were struggling in your studies. Yes. So tell us a bit about it. So um, just like I, we started the podcast and I recited the ayah, لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها. That ayah, Allah doesn't give, you know, servants more than they can bear. Yeah. It's a stress eliminator if it's always on the mind, right? Mm. But I also manage stress by not letting things that I can't control stress me. There's nothing you can do about it. And if I am stressed, then I'll just recite some Qur'an. You know, um, I don't really talk about things a lot, but to, to express myself, I feel like I can express it through reciting Qur'an. Make a schedule and follow your schedule. If someone asks you something and you feel like you're a yes man, just tell them, give you 24 hours to think about it. Hmm. This way you can actually think about it, look at your schedule, and get back to them. So you don't overwhelm yourself with tasks and be stressed. Hmm. You know, um, uh, do things around Salah. So if you live your life with Salah first and then make everything go around that, you'll be less stressed. Hmm. You know, make dua, put your he head down. If you stress sometimes, you just go and make a fresh wudu and that water hits your face, it does something. Hmm. It just calms you. Hmm. You also got into cooking, didn't you? Cooking. Cooking is a big stress reliever for me, man. So I'm at a dental school. I'm in dental school right now, and I cook for the students. You know, uh, if I got some big tasks, some big assignments, I'll just hit the kitchen and just, like, forget about the assignments and make some hmm. good food, bro. You've got, and then you, I'll post it on my social media. You got a separate Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's called Chef Hara. Chef Hara. Go follow me on Chef Hara. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your stress reliever. Stress reliever account, man. Yeah. So I go in there and I just make you know different uh, mm. types of cuisine. You should do a cookbook. I should, but again, I'm procrastinating. Yeah, yeah. I was supposed to have a cookbook for this Ramadan to be selling, mm. but I just just can't sit still because everything else is important because. I said yes to so many things because <laughs> I didn't look at my schedule yeah. that I wasn't able to do my cookbook. Mm. And that's the problem. Mm. So coming forth, we, we follow in the schedule. Mm. Follow your schedule. Yeah, subhanAllah. Yeah. So yeah, just to, don't don't go don't you know, just there's gotta be a, a point where you just let things go. Yes. You know, don't you know, you can't just keep trying to get that perfection. And don't hold on to grudges. Mm. I forgive. I might, I, there was a Sahabi, right, that used to go to sleep and forgive, mm -mm. right? I'm not yeah, sure exactly who, yeah, how the hadith a, goes. He was a, uh, just a, a, a normal Sahabi and the Prophet, you know, this mentioned his qualities. Uh -huh. So some of the Sahaba stayed with him to try and see what was special. They couldn't see anything particularly special. Uh -huh. So they asked him and, and he spoke about forgiving people before he sleeps. Wow. You know, and that was the thing that, yeah. that put him, gave him that. Yeah. So I don't I don't hold, hold grudges. You know, um, I just let it go. Because think about it, if you're mad at a person for so long, you got to actually think about that. 
that's something you got. Like if I saw you walking down the street, I'm mad at you. I got to think about, oh yeah, I'm mad at him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a it's an act that you have yeah. to put on, and it, it takes up so much energy and it causes stress. Mm. You know, so um, not saying that everybody that you forgive you have to be buddy buddy with them, mm. but just let it go. Jazakallahu bro. Yes, I know. Yeah, come man. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I just want to say one more thing. Yeah. I just feel like to the youth, you know, just like we invest and you're saving money, just make sure you save something for your akhirah. You know, help someone, donate some money to, to, to some orphans. Yeah. You know, read some Quran, do some nawafil. You know, some, um, some extra salawat. You know, night prayer. Yeah. You know, do something good for your parents, just so that you can have a heavy scale on on uh, on the day of judgment, inshallah. Yeah. Because nobody's gonna lend you anything on that day. Yeah. So just like you invest in everything, you got to look at your life and your akhirah as a wholesome, um, a comprehensive effort. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like praying salah, zakat, all these things. This is standard as a Muslim. Yes. You know, you need something extra, yes. something, a project. You know, Feed some, a cat. Give a cat some some tuna fish. Hmm. That might get you into jannah. You never know. Hmm. That being said, Jazakallah um, Just before we finish, uh, you know, I'm putting the link below for the spot project uh, here in Gambia, and also the, they're going to be working, they do work in the UK and other places as well. So um, go to the link below, uh, support the spot project. We're out here, here in Gambia, and uh, you know, have a good Ramadan. And uh, any any Ramadan message, just before we go, uh, just fill up the masjids. Go to the masjid. And recite with me. And recite with me. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum.